Welcome to the UND Chi Alpha podcast, a podcast for shaping students that are changing culture. So this, uh, this topic is something that's very, very important to me, and I think something that uh, is very important to all of us. And I think that we talk a lot about this in our culture, but we don't do a very good job of finding a good solution. And so I'm hopefully going to help you guys bring a solution to this problem. But I want to start with a little bit of uh, activity. I'm going to read a list of things. And I want you, after I've read the list, you're going to raise your hand if you have uh, recently or just throughout your life experienced one of these things. So here's, here's the list. Anxiety, depression, addiction, bitterness, or insecurity. Go ahead and raise your hand if you experience one of those things in your life. Oh, look at that. That's every single person in this room. So can we all agree that like, this is a serious and present issue that all of us are facing? This is a real thing. And all of these things begin with what happens in our minds. I was just reading up a little bit today on some stats, and I'm going to read a couple things to you. Um, more than 60% of college students meet the criteria for at least one mental health problem nearly 50% more than in 2013. This report was based on web surveys taken by 96,000 US students across 133 campuses in the 2021 to 2022 academic year. 44% of students reported symptoms of depression, 37% of students reported anxiety disorder, and 15% of students have reported seriously considering suicide in the last year. To sum that up, one in two students on our campus is currently dealing with depression. One in three students deal with anxiety. And one in seven students is considering killing themselves. This is heavy, and this is serious, and it matters for you, for me, for every person on our campus. And what I found as I was doing the study is the reality that even though we have greatly increased our attention to mental health in the last few years, the rates only continue to increase. Mental health is only getting worse even though we are trying as a culture and society to do better about it. These are alarming and, and disturbing rates. And you, do you know what the problem is? Is that we are not fighting these battles in the way that God intended us to fight the battle of the mind. Worldly solutions will only create worldly outcomes. So we have to have godly solutions to godly problems so we can have godly results. Does that make sense? And so I want to present, um, you know, I was thinking about this, and, and I wanna, I'm going to give some statements. I think mental health can be a really um, kind of taboo and touchy subject. So I want to give a couple of statements to clarify my heart um, as I was praying and thinking about this. Uh, one of the first things uh, is this. I do not think that medication or counseling are a bad thing. I think they're an incredible thing for the right purpose and the right, in the right, using the right way. But I will also say I think they are only, I think that they are, specifically I'll say with medication, and I, I'm, not, I'm advocating for, stay on your medication. Let's just hear me out, okay? Just hear, stay on your medication. What I'm saying is that they don't fix the underlying problem of the heart and of your mind. So on its own, medication cannot restore you. It may be a, a part of the solution to keep you 
from extreme things, but it, it cannot resolve the problem. Only Jesus and him working in your mind and heart will solve the problem that you're dealing with. Okay? So again, medication, not bad, but it's, it's more, think of more like a cast or a band-aid. They're, they're meant to, like the cast holds in place the fixed foot to allow the bones to, re to restore, right? But the cast doesn't restore the foot. It's the body healing itself. The band-aid covers over the, the cut wound, but the body still has to heal itself. And so we need to allow God to do the healing still, even though you might be experiencing temporary results. Does that make sense? Same with counseling. Counseling's amazing, but counseling, you know, do you know who the real counselor is? Is the Holy Spirit. And I, again, I think that I think that human counseling, I go to counseling, I'm going to it right now every single week. I think it's amazing. But you know what? My counselor is only as helpful as I allow him to supplement the work of the Holy Spirit in my life. And so I cannot replace my counselor with God's work in this area of my life. I'll also say, I'm really sorry for all of your pain. As I was just praying and thinking, I just really want you to know, if you're going through mental health stuff right now, I'm just deeply grieved over the pain that you're experiencing. And I think God is deeply grieved over the pain that you're experiencing. I have gone through a lot of different mental health stuff throughout my life, and I, I, I cannot say I know what you personally are going through, but I know what it feels like to be in pain. And I also know that there is a God of comfort who is willing to come alongside of you and walk with you in that pain. Here's one thing that is really important to me that I've found is sometimes in the church, this is another kind of one of those clarification things, I think sometimes we can, we can see a changed result in our lives and assume that the work in our hearts is done. That we, we assume that just because our outcomes have changed that, that that means that our hearts and our minds are actually changed. And I think the Lord really has been certain in me, he wants to finish the work that he started in you. He wants to finish bringing healing over a lifetime of pain that maybe you've experienced. He wants to resolve the things that have caused these continual behaviors in you and restore what the work of sin did in your life. And so I, I, I do believe, and I want to clarify this, I, I, I don't believe that every person in this room is going to instantaneously get prayed for and healed and it'll be over for you. I think that will be some of your stories, and I'm so thankful for that. Can I just say I'm so thankful for that? But I think there'll be many of us who will have to walk the road of sanctification day by day, allowing the Holy Spirit to transform and renew our minds. I think even for some of you that experience immediate transformation of behavior, you might still have more work to do in the area of healing of your mind. And I believe that in eternity, we're going to experience perfect sanctification. But I also believe that if we're striving for eternity, we should allow ourselves to be daily sanctified before eternity. So that's kind of the, the general, uh, just some caveat things I wanted to throw out there. Uh, I wanted to start, too, by sharing my story with you. Um, I came into college, and I was going to have a picture up there, but I, I blocked my Facebook on my phone, my computer, so I can't get onto my, my picture, so I didn't have a picture for you. Sorry about that. But if you were to see, just imagine 18-year-old David. I was in kind of a, I had a lanyard around my neck, and I'm, like, in this, like, picture with a bunch of my friends. I look so happy. Okay, just imagine happy David. 
But if I was to look at that picture with you, what I would tell you about David back then is that I was insanely depressed. I was ruled by anxiety. I was consumed by insecurity. Everything that I believed, honestly, I feel like 90% of what came through my mind were lies, and I believed them. Like, the truth was so foreign to me because I had lied so much throughout my life that I just didn't even know what was true about my own life. I was consumed by addiction, and I was on the verge of suicide. And then I had an encounter with Jesus in my dorm room alone one day, and and some things changed immediately. I, I watched depression fall off my life. I, I, I don't really feel like I've dealt with depression a day since that moment. And so I'm so thankful for that. But guess what? There have been other things that have remained that I've had to walk day by day journeying with the Lord. And since then, I've watched the Lord heal them over and over and over again. But it was a process of walking with him that taught me to be healed. And so that's what I want to kind of walk you through is, um, again, this is not to denote or to diminish the work of instantaneous healing that God wants to do in some people's lives. But for a lot of us, what we're going to find is that we need to walk this road. So I want to teach you how to walk the road of sanctification of the mind. I want to teach you what it means to win the war in your mind so that you have the tools necessary from the word of God to proceed. And I, I was, as I was praying during, this, during the worship time, I just really felt like this thought came to my head. The mind is really complex. It's really, really complex, but the word of God is really simple. And, and what I mean by that is, like, if we follow the word of God, there, there are so many complexities to your mind that I have no idea about. Like, I can't venture to explore that with you, and you'll need a lifetime of counseling in the Lord to work through that. Um, but I really believe that if we follow simply the practices of Scripture, we will find a restored mind. And so there is hope for you, okay? So I'm going to pray. And then we're going to read some scripture together. Sound good? Lord, we thank you. We thank you so much for just who you are. And I just think about the person I was 12 years ago. I think about lonely little David who just didn't know who he was and he was terrified. And, and Lord, I just pray that what you did in my heart, what you did in my life that you might do for people in this room, I pray that you would empower my words. I pray that you would show us tonight what it means to win the war in our minds. So we thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise you, Jesus. Amen. I want to read Romans 12, 1 through 2 with you. This is going to be kind of our... We're going to be kind of journeying through the scriptures tonight, so get ready to kind of be working around with me. But this will be a scripture kind of over-highlighting or highlighting kind of the overarching theme. And uh, Trent's going to throw it up for me in a second once uh, he forgives me for not telling him to put it in the, in the slides. So uh, I've been doing this to Trent. Oh, look at how great Trent is. Can we just thank Trent? Uh, okay, so Romans 12, 1 through 2. Here we go. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Another translation of this verse, it says, do not be conformed to the, to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our mind. So, this is, a, this is a key thought here. Don't be, we, we cannot be conformed 
to the patterns of the world. And in contrast to that, we have to be transformed by what? By the renewing of our mind. So our minds are a big part of our transformation process. For you to be transformed by Jesus, you need to allow the Lord to transform the way that you think, to transform what you believe, to transform what you think about, what you desire. And this is a daily process, a daily crucifixion of the self, a daily letting go of the old patterns of life so we can embrace the new patterns of, of life. And I think with, with the mind, it can be really difficult because one thing that's so beautiful about our minds is God designed them to create patterns. Do you know that right now your mind is continually creating patterns of thinking over and over and over? Every single day there's new neurons being formed, new, new pathways for thoughts consistently and constantly happening in your minds. This is amazing. However... Sin has distorted everything. And what was intended to be a blessing that would create patterns that would sustain life and, and breathe hope and, and joy and good patterns in your life is now used by the devil and by our own choices to create patterns that are unhelpful. To consistently go back to the same things over and over and over and over. And we're like, why do we do it? I mean, Paul talks about this in Romans. And he says, I... I don't do the things that I want to do, and I do all the things that I don't want to do. What is, if I was to sum up Paul, it's like, what is wrong with me? Like, this wretched man, like, what is wrong with me? I think a lot of us feel that way in this journey because we're like, man, I, I just, I can't get over blank. I just want to be done with blank. And we all have that thing, right? And so I want to kind of, Trent, if you want to throw up this little uh, um, thingy for me. Yes. Okay. So this is a really crude little thing I, I made up, but I think it's helpful. <laughs> so we'll start at the beginning. So basically, this is what's happening in your mind. So there's going to be an input entering the mind from our environment, a thought, a feeling, um, kind of any various thing. And so once that enters, the, the thought enters the mind, then there's a choice that happens. And, and for most of us, this choice is, you know, if you've not practiced this, what you're doing is you're kind of allowing everything that was in your mind to kind of like happen. I mean, if, if you had a thought and you're like, elephants are green, you'd probably be like, okay, yeah, that's, that's really stupid. Okay, like that's not true. But like when it comes to things that are like, man, I am a worthless person, that thought is a lot harder to let go of sometimes for some of us, right? Because there's this layer or this filter that's intended to be used to protect us that we don't really use. And that's what we're going to focus most of our energy on is the filter part of it, okay? From there, if we, we, if we filter it, then that might change what our action is. If we don't filter it, we're going to maybe it'll create some action in us, right? Maybe we isolate ourselves. Maybe we give in to that action we don't want to give into. Maybe we begin to become more and more bitter with people, okay? So, like, these things, they, we take these actions, they, they, you know, we think they're going to fix the problem. And in reality, if, if it's the wrong action, we're only increasing, you know, the desire to go back to it. So the action creates an outcome. Maybe it is like, oh, I'm gonna like, you know, I'm, I'm angry at this person, I just really bet, like, I just hate that person. And, you know, I don't really like filter through that thing. And now I'm like, my action is, I'm just gonna tell everyone bad things. Like, I'm gonna say all these bad things about people to behind their back. So it'll make me feel better about myself. Okay, I'm gonna go gossip. 
and I do that and people maybe they're like oh yeah that person is a bad person and now I'm like oh yeah that, that felt really good to feel validated in my feelings and now I go back to that same thing again that, that thought goes to my mind again I do the same thing over and over you kind of see the pattern there and so it's this big cycle that we keep going on over and over and over and it's not a very fun one, if I'm going to be honest. Uh, I spent my whole life kind of doing this little cycle thing. And what was really cool is at the beginning of the journey, again, my, my mind was all over the place, was just messed up. And the Lord really drew me to a couple of scriptures that were just critical on this journey for me. And it, he really showed me how to escape this pattern and create a much better pattern, to use the mind the way it was intended to be used. And so I'm going to explain that in a second. I do want to hit on it quickly a couple of things that maybe will be helpful for you in understanding what you're experiencing. So we have anxiety, right? Uh, if you want to throw that up. So anxiety, there's a couple different things that might lead us to anxiety, and they're kind of subtle little sneaky things. So one of them is actually pride. Me and Hannah were just talking about this earlier. Um, it's this idea, you know, I feel anxious because I don't want to rely on other people. I don't want to, like, share my, my, my problems. I don't want to go to God. I can take care of this on my own. And that actually ends up creating that pride keeps us from going to God getting help, so we actually experience more and more anxiety. So pride can actually lead us into anxiety. Another thing, lack of trust. I don't trust other people to take care of things in my life, which creates more anxiety. I don't trust my, my spouse to be there for me. I don't trust my friends to be there for me. I don't trust myself to be there for me. <laughs> and so this lack of trust kind of produces anxiety, like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fall apart. Everything's going to go wrong. Uh, fear, you know, what if I fail? What if everything goes wrong? What if I I'm going to fail this class, and then I'm going to fail college, and then I'm going to fail everything. Like, all of life falls apart. I said one stupid thing to my friend. They're going to leave me. Everyone's going to abandon me. I'm going to be totally alone. Right? You can kind of see the cycle and the pattern of that. Uh, another thing here is, is feeling out of control. So I think this is one of the sources of anxiety is that we, we feel out of control. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm afraid of the unknown. I don't know where my life is going. And that can create incredible anxiety. So that's anxiety. Depression. Depression, the first one, if you've heard me preach on this before, you've heard this. That I think depression, for a lot of people, is, it's this grief without hope. So some of you have experienced things in your life that are just really, really hard. My son passed away last January. That was really, really hard. Nothing like I didn't sin. I didn't do anything to create this. But this incredible thing, like horrible thing happened in my life, and it created grief. Now, depression to me is it's grief without hope. We experience all the pain with no one to go to to comfort us. We don't have the hope of eternity. And so without seeing those things, we end up being filled with, a, with, the, with the, like this grief that's overpowering and will destroy us, which is depression. So that's one part of depression. Uh, feelings of worthlessness. I think it's another like, man, I'm just like, I'm so horrible. No one would ever care about me. No one likes me. Like this is a, this can be a very, like I spent a lot of my life feeling that way and feeling very depressed because of it. Like I'm just like, I just want to be loved so bad and no one cares about me and I'm just like so sad because of that. Like there's not really much else like other than that. Just like this belief in how unworthy I was made me really depressed. Uh, another thing, loneliness. I think this is a, a core part of depression. This idea of like I'm I'm just gonna end up alone. Like I'm gonna be all by myself. No one no one's gonna be there for me. And you know, I got broken up with and now no one's gonna want to marry me and I'm gonna be all by myself. And I'm just like I'm so sad. And then um and again, these are valid feelings, like, these are real things, but what do we do that they, I would say they're only they're at maximum only part of the truth. And we have to see it all through the lens of fullness of truth. So there's a couple examples of these things. Um, insecurity 
it's based on our identity. We don't really, you know, feel like we're worthy or good enough. You know, I could be insecure about a lot of things. My hair, my, you know, I don't throw a football very good. I don't know. Um, another part of that is in comparison. I look at wide over here. I'm like, gosh, that guy's just so good looking. Like, I'm so annoyed by, like, how much better looking he is than me. Or, like, man, I, Trent, he, he can just, like, do all these sports way better than me. Like, I just wish I could do that. And so, like, this, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking at someone else and I'm, like, in comparison to you, I'm terrible. Rather than liking who God created me to be, I have to look at everyone else and be like, man, because they're better at this thing, I'm terrible. So it's kind of like this all, all or nothing. Like either one person has all the love and I have none of the love. You know, does that kind of make sense? And so we'll keep moving on with this, but you kind of get the gist of all these things. So that there's these patterns, these roots of these things that can really infect our minds and our hearts. And so we need to really address those things going on. And I want to really hit on wh- how do we address those things? How do we renew our minds? And this to me is how we do it. And the first thing is to control our inputs. And what we said earlier, or to like filter our inputs. So these, these inputs coming in, and we have to filter our inputs. This is what 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6 says. The weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So Paul's frustrated because the Corinthian church is failing to hold on to the truth. They're failing to hold on and, and thinking the right ways. They've been deceived in different ways. We'll talk about that in a second later. Um, but this is what Paul's response is to these deceiving thoughts and these, and these not so good ways of thinking. This is, this is how he responds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. We take every thought captive to obey Christ. So the battle of the mind, it begins the moment the thought enters into your mind. The moment that you have that feeling of loneliness come over you. The moment that you have the opportunity for comparison. That's the, the, that moment is when we have to fight back. And what I found sometimes is there, it might have been on the screen earlier, but um, what I found is that there's kind of like three options. We either give in to the feeling, we, um, we kind of run away from it, which sounds like kind of good, but what I, what I found is that thoughts that go into our mind that we, we run away from, they end up kind of being swept under the rug and just kind of festering under there. They're not really gone. They're just out of mind and out of sight for a moment. Have you ever had that happen where you've like maybe felt like a tempting thought, oh, I should go do this not so good thing, and you say no to it, and then all of a sudden, Later, it comes back, but it's, like, re- way stronger. And you're like, okay, wow, like, I, I really, really, really should do that thing that I shouldn't be doing. I think this is where it starts is because we don't actually cut the head off the snake. We just kind of let it slither around in our home and wait for it to come back and bite us. Does that make sense? And so I think that's really key. We, we have to not just not, like, engage with the thought. We, we actually have to engage with the thought. But the problem is because we don't know how to engage with the thought, we don't. So the way that we engage with those thoughts is we have to fill our minds with the word of God. We allow what's, what he says to be true to reframe what's actually happening in my life. So, so his word becomes the filter in my life that separates out what I engage with and what I don't. This is what it says here. It says that we take every thought captive 
and we submit it to being obedient to Christ. If Jesus does not say this or think this about my life, I'm not letting it in. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We hope it blessed you and encouraged you to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. If you'd like to connect with us, you can head to undkialpha.com.